Hello, this is Gary Van Wormerdam, and this is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. Today's podcast is about unconscious beliefs. Those are beliefs that we are not consciously aware we have. Hence the term, unconscious. They reside somewhere, call it below, what we're intellectually paying attention to or what we've intellectually figured out. So today's lesson comes kind of as a accident. I was on a plane flight, headed back home, sat down, and as I was getting my seat, moving around luggage, started chatting with the people around and the woman who was sitting next to me. And then she started joking with other people nearby about being afraid of flying. And the guy in front's like, oh, yeah, I'm with you there. And the guy across the aisle was like, uh, yeah, it's the landing that really bothers me. And she's like, oh, no, it's the takeoff. And the guy in front of us, oh, yeah, it's definitely the takeoff. So she was nervous, but she said she'd improved a lot over the last two years because she had to do some flying. But uh, it used to be that she wouldn't fly at all. And so we ended up waiting there a bit longer for some uh, transfer passengers. And we're chatting about different stuff. And then I ask her, like, could I ask you about the fear of flying thing? Because I haven't worked through too many of those with people. And I was curious about what went on in her mind. She said, sure. So I had questions about how she experienced it, how long has it been going on, what goes on in her body, what goes on in her mind, what she's done to try and change it. And then I got into something that started to turn interesting. I started to ask her about when was the first time. And she said she was five and she was flying with her dad and it's a really bad experience. I said, well, what happened? She said, we were going to my grandmother's funeral. And I was like, how was that for you? And she thought about it. I was like, gosh, that was really scary. I hadn't seen a dead body before. I was like, Do you remember telling your dad? And she's like, yeah, but my dad was crying. How was that for you? And she started to recollect the whole experience in much greater detail than just like we were just flying to grandmother's funeral. And she said he was crying. And she'd never seen him cry before. And I said, how was that for you? She's like, as she thought about it, devastating. She's like, my whole world was collapsing. Everything that I thought was safe wasn't safe anymore. This, this rock was falling apart. The rock of my world was falling apart. Then I asked her, well, did you do anything to try and stop him? from crying to make him feel better. And then she recollected that part. I said, did it work? She's like, no. I said, how'd you feel then? She's like, oh, even more afraid, out of control, powerless. And she's thinking about this, and I'm having her thinking about a certain way where she can watch the little girl that's the five-year-old, because that's important. 
so that we don't relive and reinforce all those emotions and those beliefs that are happening in interpretations of the moment. And this is what I teach in my online course for people to do in emotional release session that I have. And she's watching this little girl going, wow, she created this devastating experience of being afraid. Afraid of seeing her grandmother's body, her world falling apart, her rock for dad, not being secure anymore, feeling afraid, unsafe in the world, feeling powerless to change it, hopeless that she couldn't do anything. I said, what was happening in the plane at the time? She said it was taking off. And so in her memory that she'd forgotten or become unconscious of, were all these agreements about how the world is, how her rock isn't there for her, how the world's unsafe, I'm powerless, I'm out of control, this is hopeless can't help dad. All of those beliefs combined with all the fearful emotions are happening and they are being absorbed into her memory. And as little kids will do, once the moment's over, they'll be thinking about something else. that memory then just tapers off into the unconscious and we don't think about it. But in that unconscious, there's this fusion of emotion, of agreement, of identity, of our relationship to the world, our identity in that we're powerless, we can't control anything, we're not safe. All of that is fused and the mind is connecting it to whatever else is going on, what we're wearing, what's happening in the surroundings, and in this case, a plane taking off. And memory is holding the emotion, the identity, agreements, beliefs. And I'll say fortunately, we have this very wonderful mechanism called a denial mechanism that then says, we don't want to feel that emotion all the time, so let's not remember it all the time. Let's compartmentalize it over here in this little corner and not think about it. and it goes into the unconscious. And if we think about it in an intellectual way, we'll think about some service level things, like, oh yeah, it was kind of scary, but we won't feel the full depth of the emotion. We might even distort it and say, oh, I was afraid of the plane flight, and not remember where we were going, the fear of seeing the body, or dad crying, and how we felt about dad crying. Those might be in all different compartments. So we might remember one little piece at a time or that little piece at a time. But to really pull out the full experience, you take some investigation. Our denial system tries to make us feel better. Tries to make us feel better by pushing this down under. Because there's another belief or, or instinct in a way that happens there That is, I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to feel horrific. I want to be happy. And other things are going on in our life. We put our attention on other things. So 
let's not feel those emotions. And the unspoken agreement might be, I'm afraid of feeling those emotions. I'm uncomfortable feeling those emotions. Make those go away. And so we do this little mind trick on ourselves to forget. Which is a really convenient way to feel better when you're five years old and you don't have a way to process those emotions and release the memories and beliefs that were formed which is a really good set of tools to have when you're older. And these might come up, say, if you're flying in an airplane or doing anything else that creates an association that triggers an emotion that you don't want. But it's a really great tool set to have when you're five, a denial system. The challenge with that is those emotions can come out later, certain associations like every time she would get on an airplane. Now the adult thing to do (laughs) when those emotions would start to come up and her mind didn't want to remember all the real issues that were going on that she was holding in memory because those weren't rational. When she's an adult, being powerless, hopeless, afraid of seeing a body at a funeral, dad being emotionally crying and feeling unsafe, Those aren't adult things. So our intellect says, oh, it's about the airplane. You're not five years old. It's not about that. You're you're a grown woman and you're strong and you're capable and you run this business. It's about the airplane. Oh, and it's an irrational fear. And we'll solve it by not flying, by taking a medication, by driving on vacation, problem solved. No, problem not solved, problem avoided. Source of the emotion avoided, problem not solved. These are ways to compensate. What was the fun part of this was as we're waiting for passengers to come over from connecting flight is I walked her through some breathing exercises, walked her through some release of the emotions, shifting the beliefs that that five-year-old persona that she was still carrying in memory, letting her release that. Going back into the memory itself and modifying the memory to make it more accurate to the truth of who she is today. But having to be very honest to do this about what she believed in that moment and what she was holding in that moment that was probably 40 years earlier. And so the cool part was that when we're taking off, I ask her, how's she feeling? She's like, I feel pretty good. And she had a really nice flight. So here is a very capable, accomplished professional woman who's somewhere hidden in the unconscious where these beliefs, I'm afraid, the world's unsafe, my rock is not reliable, I'm powerless, I'm out of control. Hiding. It would show up 
just at these little associated times like around airplanes. Whatever else might happen with someone can be completely different, can hold similar beliefs about other things, create uh, seemingly unassociated triggers, because this wasn't at all about an airplane. It just, an airplane happened to be in the environment when it happened. And so we make associations that distract us from what we're holding in our emotional memories. And what is often, people try to solve it by white knuckling it, willpower. But emotions are, those are tough to white knuckle and willpower. It's exhausting. It's uncomfortable to go into those emotions. We have to override that instinct to feel good and say, okay, I'm going to go feel these emotions and release these emotions once. And so that I don't have to manage them every time. And to do that requires that we have some control over our attention. Because here's the challenge with that is when we feel those emotions, say it's a fear, fear of flying. And I think fear of flying is kind of funny because it's not about the flying. But our mind says it's about the flying. So we, we're in whatever process. We notice that feeling in our body. Our mind is driven to make a projection, an imagery that fits that emotion we're feeling. And so we feel that fear about flying. And our mind projects something bad about the airplane. And now we see this image of something bad happening with the airplane. And we respond to that imagery we've projected with more fear. So now we have two sources of fear. The original one, who knows what it's from, some unconscious story, unconscious belief. The projection we made in our mind about what would happen with the airplane and an emotional response to projection. Now we have double the fear. And our mind then projects another image. Oh, but this might happen. A fearful image, which we respond to with emotion. And now we have three times the fear. And it projects another image. And so this is the loop. This is the spiraling loop of the mind projecting an image based on an emotion that produces the same kind of emotion that then gets the mind to project more of a similar imagery. And this is the loop that when we break this cycle, we have to step out of. We have to get control of our attention. We have to be outside this process. When I'd say become the observer, the witness observer, move ourselves to a state of consciousness that watches the mind do these emotional loops, the spiraling loops, and go, oh, wow, I see what's going on over there. And from this new perspective point of view, this neutral perspective point of view, we cannot believe the imagery that the mind's projecting. One of the mistakes people make is they try and stop the mind from projecting or thinking those thoughts. No, the mind's going to do that. That that approach is very ineffective. What you can do, though, is let the mind project that, but know what's happening in the mind and not believe the projection. It's the difference of going to a movie And when you're really caught up in the movie, 
you feel what the character and movie is experiencing. If it's something suspenseful and scary, you're tightened up in your body. You feel the suspense. And another time, if you've seen the movie before, you're like, oh yeah, I know what happens here. Or it's a corny movie. It's like a B movie. It's, it's like so badly done, it's funny. You don't get caught up in the movie. You're watching it, but it's kind of a comical perspective, a commentary, you're joking about it. Something that somebody else might be caught up in or a different kind of movie you were caught up in feeling the emotion. You're now laughing at it. So when those projections are happening in your mind, it's really important to be aware. Are you in it? Living it like it's real? The way the woman was on the airplane, reliving it as a five-year-old? Or is she outside of it watching the five-year-old? There's a really important skill set to have that allows you and your conscious awareness to change what's going on in your mind and change that emotional loop. And once you're able to change that emotional loop, not feed it anymore, you then can go into, say, what is the source of this emotion? Let's go into the original issue. What started this all? Most people aren't able to go into that right off the bat because when they get close to the emotion, they get tumbled into it and spiral. So much of what I teach in the beginning of the self-mastery course and also mention in my book are exercises so that you can step out of this spiraling loop, be the observer of the show that's being displayed in your mind, not believe what's being projected, so you're no longer adding more and more emotion. And with that accomplished, once you have the skill to do that, then you can go in and say, okay, what's the original emotion? Let's investigate the beliefs that are generating the cause. So what I'm pointing out here is the solution process, the path to unwind this. You might call it the pathway to happiness, the pathway out of misery, the pathway out of these unconscious emotional reactions and fears. It takes multiple steps. The path takes multiple steps. You have to learn to shift your point of view, not believe the generated projections, release the emotions, and then investigate the underlying beliefs. This is something that I explain and give the exercises for in my self-mastery course and in my book, MindWorks. So a couple takeaways from this podcast. One is our fears or our emotional reactions are often not about what we think they're about. What we think they're about is often just something our mind has associated to or is our denial system is distracting us with so we don't feel that underlying layer of emotional discomfort with the cause or source root belief. And that can help us feel slightly better, or at least not as bad as what the wounded emotional belief is, what that hurt is. But in the long term, we're feeling it over and over and over again at some level. So it's not a healing Okay, it might also be a painful direction, distraction, like in this case, fear of flying. 
Okay, and she could manage it by not flying most of the time. But it's not healing. It's not solving it. And some of these beliefs, I'm afraid, I'm powerless, I'm out of control, I'm not safe, they can reside with us and only show up in certain moments. Maybe even a year or two or five years apart. Sometimes they show up in regular patterns of once a week, depending on what's going on. They're about money, they're about sex, they're about love, relationships. Those are more common. We're going to do those cycles more often. Sometimes you find these beliefs and these issues by connecting to something that's an emotional memory. And there in the memory, you'll find that the moment that those beliefs and those sense of identity or relationship to the world, in this case, the world's not safe, feeling powerless. Sometimes you find those because you've explored that moment, that event where it was created. But that's not necessary to remember that or go into that memory in order to identify these beliefs and change these emotions. Because if they're happening, they're playing out at, at intervals in our life. And in that emotion, that behavior, you can find that belief, that attitude, just by looking at it in how you live it in your life. You don't have to go back to the original memory to solve this puzzle and clean it up. In this case, with this woman we did, and it's we use kind of a shortcut approach to do it. It can be a little quicker. So another point of relevance here is you have a denial system. And while it might be an annoyance at times, like why can't I resolve this issue? Why can't I find the cause, find this unconscious belief? It's because you have this really great protection against feeling the pain of it all the time that we've put in place because we didn't have the tools to release it and dissolve it. But once you develop those tools, that process for identifying, changing the beliefs, changing the point of view, releasing the emotions, etc., you can work your way past the denial system. And that's also part of what I teach in my self-mastery course and through my book, MindWorks. Recognize that that denial system is there and helping us Although it in a somewhat convoluted way, it is trying to help us feel better. So appreciate it. I hope this podcast has been helpful. Give a little insight into how our mind fuses some experiences and emotion and beliefs together to come out and replay later, even if they replay in an unrelated or seemingly unrelated circumstance but our mind has associated something as a trigger. It says, hey, this moment's like that moment and pushes our emotions and recalls things from memories that we may not, with our intellect, be conscious of. And that if you want to change these kinds of patterns that may not make sense intellectually or, or rationally, but really have a source at an unconscious belief level, an emotional level, then I suggest you check out the free sessions in my self-mastery course. It'll give you a process to identify and change these beliefs 
and emotional patterns, behaviors. Or you can also learn that process from my book, MindWorks. They go at it slightly differently. Um, but both, both viable approach. Hope you found this helpful. This is Gary Van Warmerdam with the Awareness and Consciousness podcast from pathwaytohappiness.com. And this podcast has been about unconscious beliefs. Thank you.